This is episode six of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast with Judy Simpson. Take those skills you have being flexible as a therapist and implement those in your conversation because you don't have to give them everything you know about music therapy in those five minutes. It's just your introduction. It's just your first time to talk with them. So don't feel like you have to give them everything and don't answer questions that they don't ask. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we, you know, we just, we want to give them all this info, but it's too much and they can't process it. I mean, if somebody's never heard of music therapy, you're not going to be able to teach them everything that you know in 10 minutes. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. This week's episode is a continuation of my conversation with Judy Simpson, who is the Director of Government Relations for the American Music Therapy Association. If you listened to our last episode, Judy gave us uh, lots of advice about what to do in advocacy situations. And this week's episode is going to kick off with some role play with Judy as the advocating music therapist and myself as the not so nice legislator. So hopefully uh, these give you some real world examples of how you can respond to someone who is not being totally receptive to what you're saying about music therapy. Uh, And honestly, hopefully in real life, people are more receptive to the way I was in this short conversation. We also talk about reimbursement, and Judy gives us some advice on that. And I hope you get a lot out of this episode as well as the last one. If you like what you're hearing, please join our group on Facebook, continue the conversation there, meet other people, talk about what you learned in the episodes, help each other out, expand on the ideas, and please leave us a review on iTunes that helps this podcast be more visible to more people uh, and so more people can hear these conversations and join in with their own thoughts. Thanks again for tuning in, and let's get into this advocacy conversation. So I was hoping today we could both do a little like a role play script with you as the advocator and myself as the legislator and also create kind of like Judy's short list of tips for advocacy. You tell me, would you rather run down some tips first and then use them in a role play or would you rather go through the role play and then kind of summarize some tips you have? Let's do the role play first. That sounds good. Awesome. So I guess you can start us off like you walked in. I'm going to try and be a really hard legislator so that um, people get a good feel for all the skills you have and what they should do in tough situations. (laughs) Okay. Don't be too mean to me. I'll try not to. (laughs) 
All right. So you walk into your meeting and, and you say, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us. My name is Judy Simpson. I'm a board certified music therapist that lives in your district. And I'm very excited to talk to you today about what we do in your area, as well as the needs that we have from you as a legislator. Hi, Judy. Uh, obviously, you know, my name's Trisha, I guess, and I'm the legislator. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, I'm really familiar with music education. I played in the band in my high school. Oh, that's great. What did you play? The saxophone. The saxophone. Wow. Were you in the marching band or the jazz band? Or... Oh, I did all of it. I'm very familiar with music. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, actually, we're not music educators, um, although we work alongside with music educators sometimes. But um, as a music therapist, we have an actual degree program that we have to go through and an internship that we do, and actually a, a national board exam that we have to take in order to become music therapist. And we tend to work more in healthcare and special education settings. I see, I see. So you're teaching kids with special needs how to play instruments. Sometimes that might be something that we do, but it's really not about using the music for teaching music, it's using the music to help them with a different goal. So for instance, we might want to help a child, especially if it's in special education, um, a child with autism, learn how to transition from one class to the other, because that can be very stressful for them. So we will use music and create music in the moment to help that child transition from, say, the PE class to the cafeteria or from the cafeteria to the playground. Um, we might help a child learn how to do their math by using music. So it's not about teaching music, it's using music to achieve non-musical goals. But in a hospital setting, what we might do is using music to help a patient relax, to help them with their breathing, to help them with their pain management, to help them with their ability to walk in rhythm, especially if they've had a stroke or they're dealing with Parkinson's. Um, because music is the way the music is processed in the brain, it has a unique ability to assist clients in a multiple uh, variety of ways, depending on what their uh, medical situation is. Can't you just use iPods for that? Well, that's the thing. I mean, there can be a benefit to using recorded music, but what happens in music therapy is that the, we are actually musicians to begin with, and then we learn the therapeutic skills as well. And so what we do is we create the music in the moment, we change the music in the moment, we respond to the individual's needs in the moment, and being reflexive in that way, we're better able to meet the client's needs. A client wouldn't know what music they might need, and it's not something where you can just prescribe a certain type of music. Oftentimes the music is created specific to that client or, or uh, uh filtered or monitored to fit that client's needs in that moment. That all sounds really interesting, but we're just not interested in that right now. Uh, our focus is somewhere else. Well, I can appreciate that. I know there's a lot on your plate as a legislator. One of the things that we're running into, though, in this particular state is that um, finding individuals are wanting to seek therapy services, but they're not able to because the state doesn't recognize our credential. So we're looking for your help to see what we could do. It doesn't have to be a license. I mean, we do have licensure in some states, but we're looking for your recommendations of how we could better protect the public, making sure that when people are accessing music therapy, that they're getting it from somebody who actually has the training and the national credential. 
So we're even looking at title protection, regulatory inclusion, registry, whatever you think might work in this particular state. Hmm. I'll have to think on that, but I just don't have the time right now. Thank you for coming in and talking to me. Well, I appreciate you having the time to uh, meet with us, and we'd love to have you come visit Music Therapy in Action. So we're going to leave our cards with you, and we'll follow up with you in a few weeks and see if you can maybe come visit us sometime. Awesome. That was lovely. I'm not sure if I was difficult enough for you because you (laughs) obviously you have tons of experience, but uh, yeah, I was running out of of ways to shut you down. (laughs) You did a good job. You had quite, those are some, you know, some, they're usually not quite that negative, but (laughs) (laughs) sorry for anyone, for anyone out there listening, I'm not a negative person. (laughs) No, no, no. But it was good because you never know what kind of response you're going to get. You know, sometimes they'll say things like, oh, you play the harp when people are dying, or yeah. I have a cousin who plays in the nursing home and they do music therapy. So it's just knowing how to recognize, oh, those are great things, but this is what music therapy is and always bringing them back to the topic. Yeah. Yeah. You did great with that. So give us a, a short list of your tips of things that you keep in mind and, you know, put into words what you did through that conversation. Well, one, always remain positive. Keep your eye contact. Um, don't let your inner defensiveness come out um, when they say something that it might throw you a curve. It's always good to go with someone. And so typically when we do like our state meetings or our hill days, we always go in groups of at least two or three people so that if a question is posed that you're not quite ready to answer, that somebody else is willing to step in and answer that question. So It's hard because you're not necessarily going to know the clinical applications in every situation they might ask you about. And you can say that. You could say, you know, that's not my clinical area of expertise. I work with children or I work with seniors, but I'd be happy to provide you with some information. So always being ready to, you know, admit that you don't know the answer, but that you will follow up with them and then definitely follow up. Don't forget to do that. Um, I think being very aware of the environment. Sometimes you have these meetings actually being able to sit down at a table and it's relaxed. That's fantastic. But sometimes you're walking down the hallway because they're busy and you're just catching them in between meetings. And so you have to, it's like your elevator speech. You need a really quick three to five minute intervention that you're going to do. And be okay with that. Take those skills you have being flexible as a therapist and implement those in your conversation because You don't have to give them everything you know about music therapy in those five minutes. It's just your introduction. It's just your first time to talk with them. So don't feel like you have to give them everything. And don't answer questions that they don't ask. (laughs) Sometimes sometimes we, you know, we just, we want to give them all this info, but it's too much and they can't process it. I mean, if somebody's never heard of music therapy, you're not going to be able to teach them everything that you know in 10 minutes. Um, so kind of space it out, space out. And then that also gives you an opportunity to follow up with them later and continue that conversation and nurture that relationship over time. Um, and I would think probably the most important thing is just don't be afraid of it because you are the expert in music therapy. You are the one who is coming with the knowledge, coming with the question Um, And you can go in and express to them what is important to you and what you need from them. And and you're looking to them for advice. You see them as someone who has um, recommendations that can be helpful and they can be supportive of you. 
you want to um, nurture that relationship and look to them as an advisor in a way. Um, so don't be argumentative. Don't uh, try, don't, and if something comes up about a topic that maybe you disagree with them or maybe you never voted for this person, you know, that doesn't have to come up in conversation. You just want to keep redirecting and thanking them and asking for their advice and their recommendations. If they shoot you down completely, then you can say, do you have recommendations of how we should proceed or other people we should talk to? Um, so like when you were kind of trying to get me out the door, that kind of thing, um, don't just say goodbye and thanks. Say, you know, we'll follow up. Thank you so much. We'll love to have you come see us. You know, something that in, indicates that you are going to continue to at least communicate with them. So that's important. That was a great synopsis. Thank you. So uh, is there anything you'd like to add just in general in advocacy? Uh, because my next question will be about the other part of your position at AMTA, which is um, about reimbursement, correct? Oh, Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, that's, no, that's, uh, we, I think we've covered it. We've done pretty well with talking about all the advocacy opportunities. Awesome. Thank you. I'm sure we could talk just as long about reimbursement and that it's uh, sticky in lots of situations, but <laughs> tell us about some of your experiences with that. And, uh, again, any tips you have for reimbursement or where to get started? Well, the first thing I always tell people is don't take no for an answer. So if you are calling about reimbursement from a company and they say, no, we don't cover that. Don't stop there. Um, the way that we've been able to successfully receive reimbursement from different private payers is because we continue to push it and we continue to advocate. So it's one of those things, once again, where you have to educate people that you're talking to. Oftentimes when you're calling about reimbursement from a particular company, you're getting someone on the phone who is just there to answer the phone and read off a, uh, a cheat sheet in a way where they're not able to make the decisions themselves. They're just able to share information with you. So one of the first things you need to do when you're really trying to see if it's possible to get covered is to ask for a case manager, to ask for a nurse manager or a social worker, whoever is in charge of utilization review or looking at a particular case, and to see if you can talk with them about the specific individual that you're trying to serve, the goals that you're trying to achieve, the CPT codes you wanted to use, and your documentation process. So when you're able to talk to someone who can actually make a decision, you're more likely to be able to actually advocate for coverage. Um, so I think that that's one of the key things. There is a podcast on AMTA Pro on reimbursement, and there's also the e-course on the AMTA website on reimbursement that you can get CMTE credits for. Um, and then Periodically, we try to have concurrent sessions, either at the national or at the regional conference for people who are interested. We also have some resources on the AMTA website and the member section under reimbursement. We have a new category there on, on the website now that offers, um, there's actually a, a brief webinar done by our reimbursement committee members and some new handouts on getting your national provider identifier, learning more about your CPT codes, learning more about modifiers, just some of the nitty gritty details that are involved in reimbursement. So I really would refer people to the website for a lot of that information. I think if you can get your basic info from the website uh, resources, and then if you have a particular case that's really unique or you're finding that you're coming up against a really difficult request about coverage, um, 
feel free to call the office and or email me at simpson at musictherapy.org and I'll try to talk you through that process. But um, I think the more people try to get reimbursed, the more success we've been having. So I would just say don't take no and don't shy away from it. Awesome. I'll add all of those resources to the show notes so people can find them easily. Great. Great. So uh, would you, are you ready to move into rapid fire? Sure. Before you wrap up? Okay. <laughs> so coffee or tea? Tea. That was quick. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Awesome. Something you would tell your younger self? <laughs> um, don't be concerned what other people think. Yeah. Your music therapy elevator speech. I'm sure there's lots of different snippets of it in here, but if you, if you, you know, literally you're in an elevator with, um, literally. Okay. This is a great example. Cause when I worked in the hospital and I would have my music therapy cart, so I had a full stereo system and all my instruments and my guitar on my back and I'm on the elevator and somebody says, Oh, you know, where's the party? I said, no, this is music therapy. It's, um, but it's live, not Memorex or whatever at the time was what the recording was. So, but we would say this is live elevator music at St. Mary's. So that was the place that I worked. And um, it was just an opportunity for them to recognize, one, it's not just entertainment, it's music therapy, and that it's live. So I wanted to make sure that um, they always knew that it wasn't just uh, popping in a CD or something to, to make people feel better. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Um your favorite self-care practice? Oh my. Um, let's see. I would say <laughs> I have several. Um, Name as many as you'd like. Okay. Well, some of them are just things that I do to take my mind off of things. So I love to do word puzzles, not just crosswords, but silacrostics and logic problems and, um, that helps me. I think that helps me in my, um, I don't know. Does that sound like a self-care technique? <laughs> I don't know. If it is for you, then yeah, it, it is. is. I love to do that. I love to play Candy Crush. That's one of my, you know, little vices that I do. Um, and I love to sit down at the piano and just play, um, to get my daughter and to, and I, although I have to admit that sometimes it's a intervention for her when she's upset, um, I bring her into the piano and we just play. Um, and I think, uh, singing at the top of my lungs to my favorite, you know, eighties bands. Um, <laughs> it's also a great self-care technique that I use just when I think about the stressors, you know, as the day or, or something might've happened with a particular legislation, you know, activity that I wasn't pleased with the outcome. Um, yeah, I, I definitely go to the music quite a bit, um, to help me cope. It's important that we use it in, um, our self-care practice. So Definitely. That's, that's great. Something that is currently adding value to your life. Oh, um, I received a book for Mother's Day that um, was recommended to me. And I actually recently watched a Netflix um, presentation by Brene Brown. But the book is The Gifts of Imperfection. Mm-hmm. And um I really it says, let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. Your guide to a wholehearted life. I'd recommend it highly. Yeah, she has a lot of great work. Brene Brown, yes. I'll make sure to put that in there. 
yeah. in the in the show notes for people to find. And she has and she has that new Netflix uh, presentation that's really good too. I wonder if I can put a link to Netflix. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to try that. Uh, your favorite, uh, well, I guess, from back when you were doing clinical work, or I guess uh-huh. this could be for an advocacy. I'm going to use the same wording as I usually use. You can pick your favorite intervention or song to use. So I guess either clinically or in an advocacy situation. Oh, wow. Yeah, clinically would be a little hard because that's it's been a while. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought of that as I was saying it. <laughs> yeah, but no, but that um, but as far as advocacy, there was <laughs> one year we did for our social media advocacy month. We did um, your advocacy song, and we actually did it in one of our CMTEs that we offered. Dina and I um, asked for people to come together in small groups and create an advocacy song, which was really fun. And I think it's something that every music therapist should do. Um, but, um, gosh, there's just so many. I, I'm, I'm kind of stumped a little bit, actually. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I think about, um, you know, actually, I was just, uh, I saw something on Facebook of a music therapist who was singing, I will survive. Um, <laughs> you know, just thinking about sometimes when you feel challenged by the obstacles or the um, barriers that are presented to you in your practice or things aren't going the way you want that, you know, inside that you're doing the right thing. And so being able to find that piece of music that makes you feel strong and makes you feel um, like you can um, overcome that obstacle. So I remember when, um, Megan Trainer came out with, um, oh, I can't see. One of the songs was, um, oh, your lips are moving. <laughs> when your lips are moving, you lie, lie, lie. So, and I, I remember using that and referring to it in an advocacy conversation I was having with someone <laughs> because sometimes I felt like, you know, if, especially if a legislator was not being nice to me or somebody was in opposition to our bill, and it's like your lips are moving. <laughs> but you lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes um, that can be a song that kind of puts it into perspective. It's like just step back and look at things in a more positive way. So yeah, you obviously have lots of practice and have mastered that. <laughs> this whole conversation is just it's just really um, heartening, I guess, uh, really oh, inspiring good. to, to good. yeah, that you're you're still able to do that after 20 years of <laughs> dealing with whatever you have to deal with in order to advocate so good for you for still being passionate about it and doing it and staying positive (laughs) well thank you (laughs) it takes a special person to be a music therapist and an extra special person to be a music therapy advocate advocate right and i think we all have those skills it's just and we have to rely on each other to uh to maintain that positivity and that passion Agreed. That, that's one of my hopes with this podcast is it just, you know, puts more of that, that good stuff out there for the days when you just need to listen to someone tell you you're doing okay. That's right. Yeah. All right. So last one, where can people find you, connect with you, all that kind okay. of stuff? All right. So my email is simpson at musictherapy.org. And um, you can um, contact me at the national office. Uh, the phone number is 301-589-3300. My extension is 105. I will have to say email is probably the best. I do telecommute quite a bit because of my adult daughter with autism, and I travel quite a bit for state advocacy work. So 
it's rare that I'm physically in the office. So be patient. I will get back to you as soon as I can. But I am definitely, um, I have uh, my coworkers in the AMTA office are also available to answer questions. And in addition to uh, myself in the office, we have Rebecca Preddy, who is our senior federal policy and programs analyst. So she can help quite a bit with federal questions you might have. Um, and she's also tied into the state recognition plan as well. So um, if you ever wanted to talk with Rebecca, her email is preddy, P-R-E-D-D-I-E, at musictherapy.org. And the same number, 301-589-3300, but her extension is 108. So the two of us are the government relations department at AMTA, the staff of eight. <laughs> so, Awesome. Thank you so much. Those are those are all great. I'll put those out too for people to find. Thank you so much for talking to me today and for sharing your wealth of knowledge on this topic. I think that a lot of people will benefit from hearing uh, both your advice and hopefully from hearing uh, the little role play. Uh, great. I think hearing your response in in the moment is really helpful. I know that really helped me. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. I hope you got a lot out of my conversation with Judy and please check out the show notes with links to the advocacy and reimbursement resources. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, please email feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. In order to keep putting out conversations like this and continue this podcast project, we need more guests. And I believe everyone has something to share, whether you're a student, a professor, a clinician, an administrator. Everyone is growing and experiencing and has a unique view on music therapy and can share some sort of insight. So please don't hesitate to reach out or let us know if there's someone you'd like us to reach out to to have on the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.